Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Good morning and welcome to Garibaldi Red, the Nottingham Forest podcast from Nottinghamshire Live. My name is Matt Davis, uh, joined as fairly normal by Reds legend Gary Bursles and Derbyshire Live Steve Nicholson to talk about Forest versus Derby on Sas- uh, Friday night, excuse me, the big game we're all looking forward to. Gary, good morning, how are you? Good morning, yeah, very well, thank you. Good, 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 good. Steve, good morning, welcome to Enemy Territory, are you well? Yeah, I'm very well, yeah, just uh, catching up after another late night, another game midweek. Uh, as we know, it kind of runs into the early morning, doesn't it, when you're writing it up? But uh, no, up and up and up. True, and true, true. That's good. Yes, yeah, so you do often see people filing copy at 3am on our <laughs> system. It's not it's not, not always a glamorous job people think, imagine it to be. Um, right, so yes, both teams won last night. Um, Forrest winning at Rotherham to continue a very good run. We We both watched it, Gary. What did you make of the game? Well, I think everybody was a bit apprehensive about the game against Rotherham Forest supporter-wise because, you know, they've been a bogey side to us. And if you don't match them for desire and work rate, you're going to come unstuck. I mean, you just look at Derby's result against them a few weeks ago. You know, they've beaten 3-0. They're capable of doing that if you don't match them. And I think last night Forest were able to match them with work rate, desire, a little bit guile. And to be fair, their manager said afterwards that Forest deserved to win. Um, we didn't create a great deal of chances. Uh, but we, we limited them as well, which was uh, excellent to see because they are a threat up front. I mean, I went to Rotherham a couple of years ago to watch the game and they beat us and they, they bullied you. If you let them bully you, then you're in trouble. And that's what happened. You know, they didn't outthink Forrest that day. They out, you know, they just bullied Forrest and they, they won the game. And that's that's what they're capable of. Steve, give us some uh, insight into Derby at the moment. They seem to have turned it around as well under Wayne Rooney and they had a good win last night. How are they going? Yeah, he's, he's, he's doing very well. There's no doubt about that. You know, I think they've won six of the last eight matches. I mean, Gary's actually absolutely right about Rotherham. You know, th- these games are so tough and uh, mentality is everything. And Wayne Rooney spoke about this when he took over. He talked about stripping it right back to basics, simplifying matters doing the basics well. If you do the basics well, that's the first thing in this division. If you get them right, you've got chances of winning matches and, and building performances and, 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 and climbing the table. And that's what Derby have done under Rooney. They've been difficult to beat, and that's the first thing you've got to be. And I say they won six of the last eight. They're keeping clean sheets as well. Uh, so, yeah, things are looking quite good at the moment. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the, the form table... For the last six games, Forest are fourth and Derby are seventh. So, what are you expecting from this game, Gary? Given both teams are in form. Well, just going back to the, the, the Derby result, how good that was for them because they battered Swansea at the weekend, Huddersfield. You know, and that was a difficult game after that because Huddersfield must have been thinking, "Oh, we've got a great chance here." So, you know, put that into perspective. Um, I think local derbies are so difficult to predict. I think players. I've got to try and put out the minds that it is a local derby because if you just go 
a little bit health of leather, you can get yourself in all sorts of trouble. You can get booked early on. You can get yourself sent off. You've just got to try and manage it, your emotions. Because, you know, everybody in, in the both you know cities know how important it is football-wise, this fixture. We all want to win it. And if we don't win it, you know, we hide behind the curtains for a couple of days. You know, it gives you a bad weekend. But I say go into it with the right mentality. You know, I think both managers will be saying that to the players because, you know, Wayne's got a load of experience. He'll know what local derbies are like more than anybody with Manchester City played against the Liverpool teams. So he'll be trying to calm it down a little bit. Chris, the same. You know, they're very intelligent and go out with all the fight, all the desire. But just rein yourself in a little bit because a number of times in the past, you know, you go back to the Craig Burley times or Robbie Savage, you know, years, we've seen you know, people lose their heads a little bit, Forest players as well. And that can spoil the spectacle a little bit. So, you know, let's, uh, let's hope we just get a really good game, which is looking possible. Yeah, yeah just, on, just on that, Gary's absolutely right again because Wayne Rooney, last thing he said last night after the game about the Forest game, looking forward, he mentioned that thing about staying calm because it's the team that doesn't stay calm that makes mistakes in these matches and and mistakes can be mistakes on the pitch as far as you know a mistake that leads to a goal or it can be picking up an early booking or it can be picking up a red card and he, he talked about this last night and that'll be his advice to his players is stay calm and as Gary said you know Wayne Rooney's got vast amount of experience of derby matches. What about the lack of fans then in the ground? I mean, it's the second or third time I've played this fixture without fans. Does that have any impact, do you think, Steve? Huge. I think it's huge. I think games we're watching at the moment, uh, I think the fan, fact there are no fans in has a, has a big impact. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I've seen, you know, I look at Derby's home form uh, earlier this season and, and they couldn't win at home. They, they, they just couldn't get it going at all. And I'm absolutely certain... Had there been 28,000 for those some of those matches, I'm sure we'd have seen better performances. Uh, what's interesting is that the games at the moment are very tactical. And, uh, and I think it, without fans, it, it seems to be easier for, for, the, for players and teams to stick to the tactics and, and maybe not be pressured into pressing too much or pressing too soon or, or, or kind of getting carried away with the atmosphere. Uh, but yeah, there's no doubt that, uh, that the games are affected by it and, and certainly the game Friday and, and, and the meetings between Derby and Forest, we know what it's like. You know, the, you'd normally be 31,000 at Pride Park Stadium. We know what the atmosphere is like at City Ground when they meet there before the game. It's crackling. Uh, so yeah, the, 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 it is a big difference. I mean, you've played in the games, Gary, so you can tell us about them from your point of view. Well, I, I played in the baseball ground and that was just fierce because, the, you know, the fans were about five feet away from you in certain places. But you just have to try and put that out of your mind and concentrate on what's going on. Um, I mean, I've, I've been watching the England-India cricket this morning and there's fans in there and the difference it makes, you know, it, it's incredible. You look in the Premier League at Liverpool, I think that's why a little bit their defence of the title has, has stumbled a little bit because... The fans aren't there and they it makes players react a little bit. It can lift you, it can flatten you, but it, it's fantastic. And I think it just shows how important sports fans around the world are, you know, to the every sport that we play because it inspires you, it lifts you and, you know, it drags you along when you're, you're, you're having a bad time. And, you know, when there's nobody in there, the, yeah, they've got the, the noises, but, you know, the false noises. And it's almost like playing when the old times when you played for the reserves, you know, at the city ground when there was about a thousand. It used to echo around, you know, it was it was strange feeling. 
and I must, you know, it must be the same now for the current players. When you were playing in the game, obviously the each set of fans hates a strong word, but pretty much much hates each other. How did the opposing players view each other in your experience, Gaz? With respect. I mean, the, the derby sides we played against were, you know, fabulous. We weren't always in the same division, I think, at that the particular time in that era. But when you did, you had huge respect for them. Yes, you were desperate to beat them. But you always respect your opponent. You know, Brian Clough always rammed that into you as a player. You know, don't be afraid of them, but respect them. And if you, you can do that, you go out with the right mentality and you don't go and go over the top. I mean, we had Burns, Lloyd, people like that. And, you know, they... They knew what it was about. They knew local derbies, but they reined themselves in a little bit. They still, you know, put themselves about as only those two could. But, uh, you know, they, they reined themselves in a little bit as well. So that's what you have to do. You have to have that right balance. Mm. I mean, how do you think the fixtures evolved, Nico? In the, you've covered derby for longer than I've been alive, maybe. A long time. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> I actually look that way as well. That's the problem. <laughs> Don't worry. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I can't remember how many I've done now. I think it's probably approaching, certainly 35 consecutive ones. I think it's approaching 45, 50 of them I've actually been at the ground and working. Uh, Gary's right again, you know, baseball grounds, so very, very different. Uh, within touching distance of the players, I would imagine that, uh, it wasn't pleasant sometimes going to take a throw in. I'm not sure how many throwings Gaz took, but. Uh, no. Not really. <laughs> Get away from that. The baseball <laughs> in the middle of the pitch, uh, but no. But, but it, you know, I can imagine uh, myself and Matt can only imagine what it must have been like to to kind of be out there. And uh, they they have evolved. There's no doubt about that. And and, and the games evolved, though, wasn't it? And the you know, the kind of the the kind of blood and thunder, as it were, in the early minutes of of uh, these derby clashes isn't quite there. I mean, my, just from my own personal point of view, you know, I watched my team uh, win at Anfield on uh, at the weekend for the first time since 1999. Those derby games I used to watch growing up as a kid between Everton and Liverpool were fierce, you know, really fierce. Uh, Graham Souness was in there. We, you know, it was, it was tough. It was a tough environment out there. And, and often, you know, they played for 20 minutes and then suddenly someone would throw a ball on so they could carry on playing. Uh, but so it's changed a lot. This is a lot more tactical now, you know, and, but it still has that passion. And, and that's sadly what, what, you know, we're missing at the moment with the fans not being there because I'm absolutely sure Friday night would be very passionate just as a, I'm sure the game at City Ground earlier this season would have been the same. When we look at who's actually going to play in the game then, um, from a Forest point of view, Gary, what did you make of the team selection against Rotherham with Murray starting and, and Garner on the bench? Does that give you any indication of who's actually going to play in this game from a Forest point of view? Not at all, I don't think. I think um, you've got to manage the situation a little bit. That's what everybody's talking about now, managing the players, you know, assessing you know how much they've done in, in midweek, training-wise, all comes into the equation. Uh, I'm surprised Garner didn't play last night, you know, because he's been pretty good since he came in. And, um, you know, when he came on, there was a little bit of a spark there as well. Glenn Murray leads the line well. Um, Graben's injured, so that probably, you know, was a you know, problem for Chris. What, what, did you play Taylor? Did you play um, Murray? But, you know, Murray, what he does, he occupies defenders. 
And that's what I like to see from a, stri- a striker. Don't make it easy for them. Yes, he gives some fouls away and he's going to do that, but he'll get fouled a lot. He'll make things happen. You know, people can play off him. He's one of those sort of strikers who can do that. And if players around him can get used to that, then, you know, Forrest could go on a, a very decent run. They're on a decent run now. You know, 10 points off the playoffs, 10 points off the, the bottom three, similar to Derby. So both teams have got a great opportunity still of, of maybe just making a late run because the pressure comes on those teams at the top the closer you go towards the end of the season. You know, for now, you've just got to say, right, OK, you know, we're 10 points off. We've just got to keep playing. We want to keep ourselves safe, keep in the championship. But if you go on a run, you never know. One team, mm. you know, Roy Keane, I always re- you know, remember Roy Keane Sunderland. You know, they went right down at the bottom, went on a magnificent run and got into the Premier League. So, you know, don't rule it out. I think Chris said that last night in his interview. But, you know, there's a long way to go regarding getting up because there are some good teams at the top of that table. You know, Norwich again proved what a good side they are away from home. Pookie missed the penalty to, you know, take away his hat trick. Um, you know, and Bournemouth have stuttered a little bit. So teams are going to stutter. And that will give the teams, you know, the chasing pack a little bit of hope. On the face of it, like you say, um, they're both kind of mired in mid-table. They're both looking fairly safe from relegation. So in a sense, there's only the bragging rights to play for. But like Gary says, do you think, Steve, this game could serve as a springboard for it? maybe even Derby to make a, a mad late run for it? Or am I getting wildly optimistic there? Because I think they're only a point below Forest. Could could this be a launch pad for one of these teams, do you think? It's a strange division, isn't it? it mm. It's a mad division. We know that. Uh, it's so difficult to predict. I think the first thing both teams have done is make sure they don't lose games. That's the key. You know, don't lose games. Get a win. If you can't win the next one, get a draw. And just keep building this momentum and this confidence. Confidence is a massive thing. I see it in Derby's team. Earlier this season, you know, they, they, could, they couldn't string two passes together. They were, they were uptight. They were, they, were, they were missing that confidence that you need. Now it, it looks different. And, and that's what results can do for you. And, and both teams have become difficult to beat. They've got the basics right. And now what they'll look to do is build this momentum. I think Forrest are one defeat in seven, aren't they? And as I said earlier, Derby won six of the last eight. Players will now go out there believing they can win games and pick up points. And once that is inside your mind, I would imagine, and Gary will know better about this, once that's in your mind, I would imagine the game suddenly becomes easier uh, and, 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 and you want to go and play matches. And, and I'm sure Derby can't wait for the next match, just as Forrest can't. So, will it spark a late run? There's a lot to do. There's a lot of teams between both teams and, 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 and the top six. There are some good sides up there. As you say, Norwich are going particularly well. Uh, but I think the, the first thing for both teams when, you know, when they went on these recent runs was to make sure, A, that they're in this division next season. That was the first thing. And, 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 both, and the signs of that are looking good for both, obviously. And B to start building momentum as quickly as possible and, and see where it takes them. Mm. I mean, do you have any worries about Forrest going down, and Gary? Still or not? Uh, don't at the moment, but I think the signings have helped. Uh, I think there's experience in there now. Uh, there's a bit of youth in there as well. The mixture is pretty good, and um, if, if they can stay fit, obviously that's a big 
ask at the moment because the games are coming so fast and furious. It's good that both teams played last night and they've got the game again Friday. So there's no excuses about from either team about, oh, well, we played on Tuesday, you know, we're a bit tired. So that's out of the equation as well. But it, it has been one of those seasons where the unpredictability is, is evident for, for everybody. But you look around the championship, and as Steve said rightly so, it's a hell of a league to get out of. It's so yeah. difficult because you see, you know, Wickham, uh, you know, they're, they're down there, but they're, they're capable. Uh, Derby just edged it against yeah. very late on a, a week or so ago. You know, Forest struggled a little bit against them. We've already mentioned Rotherham. They've got a couple of games in hand. Um, Birmingham have got dragged into it, um, which, you know, is good for Derby and, uh, and, and Forest to see other teams down there. Coventry are coming down a little bit. Uh, Luton were a little bit unlucky last night. 1-0 up. They conceded in the fifth minute of injury time. You know, two point, the other two points would have made it a lot easier for them. But anybody's capable of beating anybody in this division. It, it's, you know, like I mentioned the, the Swansea-Huddersfield game. You know, f- was it 4-1 in the end that Huddersfield beat Swansea? Nobody saw that coming. And they're the sort of results that can happen and will happen uh, on a regular basis. Not just this season, it's every season. Because it's such a competitive league and it's one of the, the leagues in world football that everybody craves to get out of because the rewards in the Premier League are absolutely massive. Mm. I watched uh, I watched Wickham, say, a week ago. They were terrific. Seriously, they were so unlucky to lose to Derby. They'd already drawn at Derby earlier this season. For a team who was sitting bottom of the table, I thought they were great. I really did. They, they gave their manager absolutely everything from first minute to last. And then they were kicked in the teeth at the end. They put that behind them. And last night they went out, I think, and beat, and beat Reading, which was, which was a super result. So, And it was the same with Rotherham, you know, very tough opponents. I really don't think, I mean, Norwich has say going particularly well at the moment because the strikers starting to score again, which has been a big help to them. Uh, but I don't think there's much between most teams in this division when you look through it. And that's why every week you're going to get mad results. And, and, and I think that one of the secrets of the division is you can't get too up and down with results because there will be defeats whether it's this weekend, next weekend and following weekend, but you'll also win games as well. You'll draw games. And I think you just got to ride those emotions and just make sure you can piece together some kind of run, which Forrest and Derby have done of late, that makes you kind of climb the table gradually and, and gain that confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to go back through some of these Forest selection poses. Are you thinking Murray's going to start up front then, Gary? Graben's out, so it's Murray or Taylor. It's really difficult, that one. I, I would start with Murray because, I, as a defender, I wouldn't want to play against Murray even now. He's 37 because of his guile, his know-how, his knowledge. He'll back into you, he'll make it difficult. You know, he'll, he'll elbow you in the ribs now and again. And you'll know that he's there. And, you know, defenders then can get a little bit on edge and make mistakes Taylor, for me, I, I feel a little bit sorry for him. I said this before because I think his work rate is one of the best you'll see in the championship. And sometimes the way Forrest played before, it didn't suit him because he was on his own. You know, he needed help around him and didn't particularly get it um, at, at first. I think, he's, it, you know, there's more adventure in Forrest's final third now going forward than there was under Lamouche. And, you know, it might suit him a little bit. But, you know, you've got to fight for your place. You've got Murray, you've got Graben. You know, it's a good problem to have for Chris that he's got three strikers, three different types of strikers 
that can do different things on any given day. You know, they're not similar at all in the way they play. So that's that's good because it makes op- uh, oppositions think a little bit more. You know, if one of them comes on, you know, it's a different kettle of fish for the defenders. You know, they'll have been used to defending against Murray. Then a Taylor comes on and all of a sudden it's different. You get less time on the ball. You're under more pressure because, he, he, you know, he runs across the line well. Yeah, so it's it, it's good, you know, for Chris to have that sort of a headache. Um, there's also a debate about the midfield um, with Garner being rested and Yates doing very well, I thought, last night. The, the age-old Ryan Yates debate here, Richard Leonard saying he's a hothead and he'll be a liability. Um, I mean, wh- who do you think will start in midfield for Forest? I assume it's Garner and another, is that right? Uh, I, th- I think so. Um, he's going to play his best 11, obviously. That, that's, that's, a, that's a given. And I think Wayne will do exactly the same. You, you, it's a local derby. They know how important it is. You know, they'll probably have just maybe rested the... the players they wanted to last night they thought you know they're both at home uh, Forest were away against Rotherham um, they thought they could go and win that or get a point there you know Derby would have felt they could have beaten Huddersfield with the teams they put out but you can guarantee both those teams would be at full strength in both managers minds they'll pick their best 11 that's available to them for that match so it'll be interesting to see that because then it will give you an insight into the rest of the season, you know, what the best 11 for both teams are going to be going forward. And does that best 11 in your mind include Yates or Cafu or Kravinovic um, being rested and Cafu playing a bit further forward? Or who do you think will play? It's a difficult one, you know, to get into a manager's mind. Um, I'd like to see Garner. He gives energy. Uh, Kravinovic, you know, similar. You know, they make things happen. I think Amiobi's been a little bit of a miss. Um, you know, what he was doing before, he was one of the shining lights um, when things weren't going particularly well. Lolly seems to have been rejuvenated a little bit as well. So you've got that option as well on the bench or if you want to start him. And I, I just think that the presence of the players that have come in has lifted everybody around them as well. That can happen when new faces come to teams and, and clubs and the good around the dressing room, which I'm sure Glenn Murray is. And don't forget, we've still got Michael Dawson around the dressing room as well, whose who's attitude is, you know, unbelievably good. So you've got players like that who are still going to lift that particular squad and those players. And, um, yeah, I, I, I've seen a real change in the way Forrest are playing, the confidence, you know, the desire and the way they go about things. There's a lot of thought process gone into you know, every game, and uh, that's down to Chris. You know, we know what he's like. You know what he's done in the past. We know he gets teams up. We know he, he's, you know, he's very good defensively because he was a cracking defender himself. So he knows all about how to defend. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's looking a lot better than it did, a lot more promising. And, you know, we want to see both these teams in the Premier League. Let's get it right. No matter what, if you're a Forest supporter or a Derby supporter, you know, we don't want to be in the Championship. And I'd rather be playing Derby in the Premier League than the Championship. And I just hope that at some point will happen. You know, these two managers get the opportunity in the summer, you know, to, to go about things the way they want to. And then we'll see, because it'll be their teams next season. You know, and then we'll see maybe, you know, the potential from both these teams going forward. What uh, impact have the signings that Derby made, Nico? Because they basically had a day to sign four or five players and they were mostly kids that came in apart from Gregory. Uh, what, what have you made of the new additions to Derby in the last month or so? 
I think the big thing it's done is given Wayne Rooney more options. Uh, Gary said earlier, you know, this is a strange season and games are coming thick and fast and managers are having to manage their team and squads much more, I think, this season. And that's a, that can be a tricky balancing act. I think it's given Wayne more options. That's the key. The, the bench suddenly looks stronger as well, which I think is absolutely you know, massive in, in matches. You know, you can turn around and look at your bench and think, we can change it here and there. He did that at half-time against Huddersfield. You know, he started with three centre-backs and wing-backs. Derby were 1-0 up at half-time. Wayne Rooney wasn't happy with the performance and, and the shape of the team. So he made two changes. He brought on Martin Wycorn. He brought on Camille Jotriak. Uh, went to a back four. And, and, and they got a second goal in the second half and went on to win the game. So it gives him those options to do that. Uh, I think the big thing, one of the main reasons... Derby have improved, uh, and, and, and Gary touched on this before about the importance of the centre forward. You're talking about Glenn Murray. Uh, Colin Kazim Richards is a centre forward. I mean, it's a bit of an old old phrase in football, isn't it? Centre forward. When I was growing up, every team had a centre forward and you knew exactly what he was about. Uh, Colin Kazim Richards is a centre forward. He occupies the central defenders of the opposition. He, he you know, he, he's tough, he's strong. But he can play as well as you know he showed with his assist last night on the second goal. Uh, he's been a big plus for Derby, so that that's an important signing. Uh, but yeah, I think I think the new signings have, have, have uh, boosted the options for Wayne Rooney. Do you think Derby are a similar side to Rotherham? I haven't seen much of Derby this year, but in the sense that they've got a big man up front, they play two up top. The dangerous from set pieces, and they'll get about you. Are, are there some similarities there, Steve? I, I think. I think what it is is. I said earlier, Wayne Rooney came in, and, and the first thing he said was, "We need to. We need to make this more simple." You know, we're, we're, we're overcomplicating matters here in the way we're trying to play. And if you do that, the first thing you do is make sure you don't concede goals, and, and that's what's happened. I think they've kept nine clean sheets in his eighteen games, fifty percent strike rate there, which is very, very good. Uh, don't give any chances away. Be solid, good shape. Uh, have uh, a focal point of your attack, which is vital, and we've got that in Kazim Richards. So I think that's what it is, really. It's not about comparing them to this team or that. I mean, I sat through that Derby's last promotion season was basically based on the spine of the team. You know, they had Steve Howard up front. They had Matt Oakley, who was a terrific midfield player and, and orchestrator in the middle of the pitch. They had two strong centre-halves in Darren Moore and, and Dean Leacock or Michael Johnson. And they had a decent goalkeeper. If you've got that spine of the team, which is absolutely crucial, if you've got a spine of the team, you've got a chance. Because what you do then, you fill in around it. But that spine of the team is absolutely crucial. And Colin Kazin Richards has given them that. Andre Wisdom and Matt Clark, two centre-backs, important for them. Christian Bielik was doing that holding midfield role. Uh, unfortunately, he got the, the bad knee injury, but what they've done now is they've got real energy in there with Shinny and Knight uh, and Max Baird, and, and they're getting around players and, and making it difficult for opposition. And, and I think they've got a very good goalkeeper in David Marshall. I suppose I asked that question, Gary, because I wonder if Forrest might quite like, like that kind of game. Do Figueredo and Worrell actually prefer a battle to a team that are going to tippy-tappy around you. Will, will that maybe suit Forrest, the way Derby might go about it? I'm not so sure because uh, we saw the goal that, um, was it Swansea beaters, the cross, pre-header, 
Mm. Uh, that that worries me a little bit. And I think the Rotherham strikers causes, when they got the ball in the box, a few problems last night. You know, they had the, yeah, the one that hit the bar. Um, so I think teams will try and maybe get the ball in the box as much as they can. And that's maybe why I think Waghorn might play because I think he's a threat. Every time, you know, I've seen him play, he is a threat. And he's difficult to mark. He's, he's like Glenn Murray a little bit. He's astute. He knows what, he knows what he has to do to upset defenders. He knows his strengths. And if his teammates play to his strengths, then he is a big problem for any opposition. So it wouldn't surprise me to see him play. Um, you know, we're still missing McKenna at the back, which I think is a big miss because, you know, he came in and just hit the, hit the ground running. And his partnership with Worrell looked particularly good. Um, you know, Figueredo sometimes, you know, he, he may have a mistake in him. Um, Worrell, I think, has been outstanding. You know, I think his leadership qualities are all there for there, everybody to see. He's very vocal, which you need, especially in a local derby. Um, you know, I think he'll be desperate to have a decent game because we remember last season, I think seven minutes into injury time, you know, he gave that free kick away. Um, that, you know, what it was needless, really. And I'm sure that's still on his mind. But these things happen in football. You know, it could have been dealt with when it came to box, but Wagon caused a problem, you know, from that free kick. So, um, yeah, it, if Wagon plays, it'll be a decent battle between, you know, Worrell and Figueredo. And it'll be interesting to see if Wayne does pick him or goes to up front with Kazim mm-hmm. Richards as well, because, you know, two totally different players, I think. And, you know, that, that partnership could cause all sorts of problems for anybody. I think what, you mentioned the set plays and getting the ball in the box. One of the big things Derby have improved on is is the set plays. You know, they, they barely looked a threat earlier this season, but they're now looking a real threat. The delivery is good. And, and when you've got Kazim Richards in there, I say Waghorn's in there, you've got the two centre-backs who are up there as well. They're getting their head on things. Uh, that's that's become a real, a real plus point for Derby and, and something that, uh, Forrest will have to be aware of. Would Waghorn play through the middle or from the, the wings if he's picked? I think with the way the the way the shaped up, they've got Lee Gregory as well, of course. Uh, you know, he's another one who who knows what this division's about, and he's another one who works really, really hard and and, and, and makes it difficult for defenders. Last night when they change, they go to a kind of a four two three one or a four three three if you like, and, and what they tend to do is move Waghorn towards the right and and, and have Josriak on the left and then Kazin Richards through the middle. If they go with two up front, he's been going with uh, Kazin Richards and Gregory. So it's going to be interesting. What, what Wayne Rooney's shown is he he will change things up. He's not afraid to do that. I think I thought it was a bold call last night. You're winning one nil at home against the team who are around you in the division. It's a tight game, and he suddenly decides at half time. No, I'm not having this. You know, uh, I'm going to change not only two of the personnel, but I'm going to change the shape of the team as well. I I thought it was a rather bold call, and uh, and he just felt. Afterwards, as he said to me, that he would have regretted it had he not made that change. And uh, so that's good signs for him as a, a, as a young manager. Uh, so, yeah, he's got these options to, to do a number of things. And that's why it's important to add to the squad in January, just as I'm sure it's the same for Forrest. Uh, what's impressed me about Wayne, I think he's, he's learned a great deal in a short space of time. But he's taken on board a lot from his time at Manchester United mm-hmm. under Sir Alex. Because Sir Alex, again, like Brian Clough, you know, I played under him. He, he got things right defensively first and made sure that you were difficult to beat and th- kept things tight at the back. And we know how good Wayne was up front. He was one of the best strikers we've seen. But he realised he, he realizes the importance 
of keeping clean sheets because you build on keeping clean sheets, then that confidence exudes from the back, goes right through the team. And, you know, if, if strikers and midfield players can see that defenders are keeping clean sheets, that gives them so much confidence. You know, they can express themselves more because they know they've got that protection at the back. And I think it's really good that Wayne, you know, early in his management career has, has learned that and looked back on the managers he's played under probably and, and took a lot of what he was taught then and what he saw under those managers and tries to implement it into his current team. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating because when, when, he was, when he got the job, everyone's thinking, as you said, that what, what a player he was, what a striker he was, forward thinking, scoring goals, creating things. But no, the first thing he did was basically, look, we, we want, we've got to be harder to beat. Simple as, you know, we're starting from the back. We're going to be harder to beat. Uh, all I'm asking of the players is work hard on a daily basis in training, work hard in matches. You do that, you're in the team. If you don't do that, you're out the team. Uh, mentality, strong mentality, all very basic things. But if you get them right, then then your team's going to be moving in the right direction. I'm sure he's, when you've played at the highest level, as he has, you must pick things up from the managers you've, you, you, you've worked with. You, you can't not pick them up when you're sat in the dressing room with them, when you're training with them day in, day out. And there's no doubt that uh, the level he played at and the managers he worked under, he's he picked things up and he's got them stored away. Uh, the other thing we, we must mention, I think also, he's got a, a, alongside him or in the background, if you like, Steve McLaren, who's another who knows about coaching teams. He knows about getting teams playing the right way. He also knows you know, about how important it is to support Wayne Rooney uh, in, in his early days of management. So I think Steve's also having a, an input as well. But, but Wayne's very much his own man in this, as, as he showed at half-time against Huddersfield. Mm, yeah, I must admit, I thought he'd be a flop. And I think that's to my uh, detriment. I probably bought into the notion that he's a bit thick. And actually, he's not. I think that's um, a bit of a stereotype. I'll tell you what's fascinating, Matt. When, when you speak to him, he's got a very, very sharp football brain, uh, which he has to have because when you're as good as he was, you have to have that sharp football brain. It, it, it's quite obvious. And uh, I, I was one who also thought they needed to go for experience. I think basically I looked at the table. If you're bottom of the table in the Championship and you can barely win a game or pick up a point, the obvious thing would be to go for experience and know-how in the championship, someone who knows how to, about the division and how to get out of the division. That that was obvious, and that's the way I was thinking. Uh, but there's no doubt he, he, he's impressed. He's impressed. Mm, which is what they did with Hewton as well. They went down that route. What have you made of Hewton, Nico, from, a, from afar? Well, I, before Philip Koku got the job, I think Derby looked at Chris Hewton, and rightly so as well. I think I said to you before, Matt, I like him. I like him. He, he knows the division. He's had success in the division. Uh, as Gary said earlier, he was a really, really good player, good defender. Uh, he's calm, which I like as well. Uh, he's astute. He, 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 he sees things and, and doesn't get too carried away with things. As I said earlier, he doesn't get too up and down with results. You know, George Burley once said to me that the, the key to management, and George was excellent at it, by the way, the key to management is not to get too up and down. With results, because before you know it, you tie yourself in knots each weekend. So uh, I think he's really good. I like him. I think he's a good manager. I've been in press conferences with him before uh, when he was at Brighton, particularly. I've, I've asked a few questions of him and that, and his answers have always been pretty spot on to me. 
I, I like him and I know he was someone that Derby looked at, say, before Philip Koku. Mm-hmm. I wanted to just go back to something about um, Waghorn, Gary, from what you were saying. If he were to play on the wing, for cutting in from the right, who would you want to see at left-back? Because Ribeiro's good going forwards, um, but Bong is perhaps more defensively solid, which might tip um, Hewton's hand a bit of how he's going to go about it. I mean, who, who would you go with there, Gary? I think he'll go more defensive because, you know, Derby have got a lot of creative qualities in that final third. And I think he's got to set up... Uh, what he thinks is going to be a difficult side to break down. And like you say, defensively, he, that's the first thing he looks at. And I think he'll get the most solid back four he possibly can that he'll think will nullify the obvious threat that Derby possess in that final third. And he'll want to frustrate that. And he'll have players in there. I think Yates probably will start because of that, uh, because we can see what a great player he is at breaking up play. You know, he knows his job. Um, he's one of those players you put in there and tell him what you want him to do and he'll do it. Plus, you know, he is a threat from set pieces. We've seen. I mean, last night, it was disappointing. Two or three times, we just got caught offside in really good positions. And that that was a bit of naivety. When the ball, you have to look as a player and make sure you're not as far forward as the last man and keep your eye on that. And if you do that, you know, even Glenn Murray was a little bit, you know, culpable with it was a fantastic header you know he scored with but had he just been half a yard you know on side there it would have been a, a cracking goal um but chris will go i think ultra really defensive because he knows now we have players who can make that ground up to support the lone striker you've got the energy you've got the legs you've got younger players in there um you know Forest have always counted very well last season that was one of their strengths you know, they hit people on the break and, and it worked for you know most of the season until that, that blow up at the end. So mm. get it defensively right against a team who are very, very threatening going forward and then, you know, bring your players into play in that final third. True. I've just noticed my hair looks like it's got even more massive while we've been talking. But doesn't it all grow in the wrong places? It gets a long way you don't want it to. You want the bowl pass at the back to get a bit on, but it never does. <laughs> you two have both had haircuts, haven't you? I would say. No, you're joking. No, not at all, mate. Is this I, an age I, thing? No, I got the water and dabbed all mine down. It's yeah. <laughs> I went out for a walk at quarter past seven this morning to get my steps in, and uh, it was burn a gale. So, you know, the barn, it was all over the place. I came back and put my you know, Ken Dodd. I think my grey's coming through even more. My son, um, I'm going off on a tangent here, thanks. My son, uh, going off on a massive tangent, worked out how you can use the Alexa uh, thing. He's four, and he tried to order 430 quid's worth of toys, Jurassic Park toys at the weekend. Yeah. I know, I'm, uh, yeah. that. I'm, 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 I'm worried about going grey, to be honest. <laughs> I've got news for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear right let's get back to football um, is Waghorn the danger man for you then Gary I was going to ask you about a danger man for each side is Waghorn the man to worry about yeah, I Richards as well you know because of his movement I think he's intelligent with his movement uh, again it's not always extravagant movement it never is with the, the best players it's always that little bit of you know five yard areas where you can just you know think make a defender think you're going one way and then twist and go the other way and just get that half yard of him you you know, on, on your defender try and outthink him they they're the great players not you know striding you know great movement down into channel in and around the box 
that's where you know strikers come alive and that's where the movement is so important so yeah i think um, if he plays to up front that's going to be uh, you know a major threat and something i mean uh, you know i'm going to be enjoying watching who comes out on top Mm, true. Um, Greg Gorham says, "Is it a Forest podcast or a Vidal Sassoon chat?" I mean, there are other other brands are available, but so we've got a bit distracted there. Sorry, uh, Nico. Who's the danger man for Forest? Who who would worry you from a Derby point of view? Well, I, I, I think the same battle at the other end is going to be interesting. And Matt, Matt Clark and Andre Wisdom have formed a a strong centre back partnership. They weren't really troubled too much last night, uh, either when they were in a back three or or, or in a, a back four. Uh, by Huddersfield uh, but Glenn Murray I, I've always liked Glenn Murray uh, I thought Derby may have looked at him as well when they when they were looking for a centre forward as I said earlier the importance of the centre forward to, to the spine of a team remains crucial uh, I think he does occupy defenders again as Gary says and he'll know all about this uh, it, it's not that running here running there and all that type of thing it's often that just moving five yards or just leaning into a defender at the right moment or just pushing him off at the right moment to give yourself a couple of yards so your teammates can pick you out uh, it, I think the battle if he if he starts for us, I think the battle with him and, and the centre-backs will be important just as I said earlier it will be with Kazin Richards and Forest defenders mm. Um, I don't normally indulge in score predictions on this podcast anymore because they're pointless, but a lot of people are giving their predictions in the comments. So let's do ours then. Um, Gary, do you uh, give us a prediction of how you think it's going to go on uh, Friday with a final score? I think it's going to be very tight. You know, local derbies usually are. We all want a, you know, an exciting derby, but sometimes they go a little bit flat and they could nullify each other. You know, I think this stage, after last night's result, both teams would maybe settle for a point. They don't want a point. They'd love to take all three, but a point would be nice. Um, I've got to say, Forrest, they're capable of beating anybody at the moment, the way they're set up. So I I just could see them edging it by the odd goal. Mm, I mean, people are predicting draws. Um, Owen Bay saying nil-nil. They're always very tight. And um, Dean Spencer saying he's got a draw in all over it as well. Um, people want to drop their comments in. I'll put a few more up. Nico, what do you think? What's your prediction? I think I think Gaz is right. I think you look at the stats. I think Forest have kept five clean sheets in the last seven games. Scored seven goals. So their games have been tight in the main. Derby's the same. Uh, they've got clean sheets in them, but they haven't got a huge amount of goals. Uh, a draw looks favoured, doesn't it? And, and often does when we stand before a game like this. Uh, I think it will be a narrow win either way. And, and, and in that case, uh, I'll probably go for a, a one or two nil to Derby. Uh, and we'll all be wrong when it's 3-3, of course. <laughs> <laughs> we will be, we will be. James Pritchett says 2-1 Forest. Greg Oram says 0-0 bore draw. And, uh, well, that would be good for me intro then. <laughs> <laughs> Yvonne Wilson 1-0. Uh, Stu Freeston 1-1. And Richard Leonard 2-1 Forest. I um, would think, I, I, well, I was on a different podcast recently and I said 1-1 draw, but if I think a team is going to win, it might be Forest because I think they might have a bit more about them in open play. I might be being unfair to Derby, but with with Knockart and Kravinovic and perhaps Lolly, if he goes with the right on the left wing, there could be a few options. I think Forrest might have a bit more. Let's quickly put a few more predictions up before we sign off. Uh, Adam Gibbard and 
Seb Murray says Forest says Derby going to win. That's interesting that a Forest fan says Derby going to win. And Shane Buxton says 3-1 Forest. Right. Uh, I wanted to finish. Um, uh, actually, I'll let you finish, Gary. It's talking about the fundraising appeal for your wife, Samantha, who's um, suffering with cancer and um, friends of the family has started a fundraising drive, um, which people can donate to. They've been donating to in their drove, which is great. Why don't you tell people about it? And then I'll plug it with some details. Yeah, well, sadly, my wife, Samantha, is terminally ill with pancreatic cancer. And um, her, one of her workmates who she's been working with for 18 years, Sally Pembleton, started this off, wanted to raise 500 quid for Treetops Hospice, which serves Derby, Derbyshire, Nottingham and Nottinghamshire. And it provides nursing care and emotional support for anybody affected by a life-limiting illness or bereavement. So it's a fantastic, you know, local charity for both Derby and Nottingham. Um, And it was to walk 20 miles in February, uh, not knowing we couldn't all do it together. And her colleagues from uh, British Telecom in Nottingham, they've been uh, walking in their uh, lunch breaks when they get home at weekends, you know, all to raise money. And just wanted to thank everybody who's donated so far. It's been absolutely fantastic. You know, for wanting 500 quid, with all the charities desperate for money at the moment, we know that. And to, you know, get 6,700 as we, we stand at the moment. And uh, we're going to raise more by uh, getting signed shirts from Premier League clubs. I've already uh, secured shirts from Arsenal, Manchester City, Leicester, uh, Burnley, uh, Aston Villa, you know, and that was on the first couple of days I asked. Uh, so we're going to auction them off. And Basewood uh, have said they'll put a charity game on at some point, you know, to raise money uh, for treetops as well. When that will be, obviously, comes down to um, the lockdown being, you know, perfectly OK for that to be stayed. So thank you so much for everybody who's donated, small and big. We've had, you know, fantastic response to it. And uh, thank you. Uh, I've put the link uh, to donate in the comments on our Facebook page and our YouTube page. And um, it's also my pinned tweet at Matt Davis underscore NP. So people can donate there. Like Gary said, um, it was about £2,000 a week ago and now it's at 6700 today. So uh, it's great to see people backing Gary. Um, yeah, he's a nice man. He won't, I don't know if he's modest enough to sit there and take this, but he's a lovely man. So. Um, you know, Sally Pumbleton, she started it at, at BT. You know, I, I just call upon people, you know, I know within the game, you know, it's a footballing family, we know that. Um, and they've been brilliant. The response so far has been, yes, yeah, we'll get one. What's your address? We'll get it in the post, you know, signed shirt. And, you know, uh, Richard O'Kelly, who's uh, I played with at Grimsby, who's at Aston Villa, you know, I was on the phone. He phoned me yesterday morning while I was out on my walk. Um, I've now done 370,000 steps this month so far. Uh, so uh, the old legs are getting a bit tired, uh, but I'll keep on doing it. I've, I think that's about 150 miles plus by all accounts, if you equate it, allegedly. So, uh, yeah, the, you know, the response from football in general has been absolutely fantastic. You, they, you look after each other, you know, no matter what rivalry or anything else, when things go wrong and things, you know, get you a bit low, you know, it's, it's great to see everybody come together. And I can't thank people enough. We're at about 370,000 steps, aren't we, Nico? We're doing just as well as Gaz, I'm sure. Yeah, just under, I think. <laughs> just a shade under. <laughs> Sat at our desk yeah, all day. Thank you, Sally, and uh, all our colleagues at BT, because they've been brilliant. 
Absolutely. I spoke to her. She was lovely when I spoke to her on the phone. Um, right. We'll end it there. Um, hopefully it's a good game on Friday and obviously we hope Forrest win. Sorry, Nico. But thanks for joining us. Uh, we appreciate you coming on. And Gary, thanks for joining us as normal. You'll be back soon, no doubt. We hope uh, everyone has uh, a good few days and enjoys the game on Friday. And then we'll chat about it after that. Thanks very much, everyone. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening. Thank you.